0: You're listening to the Night Demon Network. Go to nightdemon.net slash subscriber to unlock more exclusive content.
1: welcome to the night demon heavy metal podcast i'm your host Nesbit, and today we have another pretty cool episode this is the story of a fan a unique venue and the hardcore night demon scene that was spawned from satan's den
2: So what exactly is Satan's Den? It's more of an ideology than a place. I don't think you can really imagine a better show. It's
0: more of an event than it is just a show on
3: tour. It's like a it's like a Valken on a minor minor scale.
4: This was like the ultimate man cave on steroids. Everybody should experience Night Demon at Satan's Den. Fucking Satan's Den, man. It's 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 Night
5: Demon's Den really. The Den of the Demon. Thank Satan for Satan's Den, right?
2: Hail Night Demon in Satan's Den.
1: So Satan's Den is Night Demon's home away from home. And it holds the largest collection of Night Demon memorabilia in the world. And it was home to three of the most legendary Night Demon shows of all time. So it's located in Hilliard, Ohio, in the heart of Night Demon country. And if you listen to the live darkness episodes of this podcast, you're no stranger to the Ohio hardcore fan base that Night Demon has grown there over the years. Here's the members of Night Demon, Armand, Jarvis, and Dusty.
5: So yeah, Ohio just, I mean, dude, every time we've been there, that I've been there with the band, it's just been some of the best shows, the best crowds. It is a
6: very magical place for Night Demon. And this place screams Night Demon.
5: And, I mean, dude, we went and did our live album there. I mean, what does that tell you? You know, we didn't... That was a, that was by choice. That wasn't on a tour or anything. We planned that and made, you know, decided to do it there because we know we have such a great fan base there.
1: So it's no secret that Ohio has some of the biggest, most loyal Night Demon fans on this continent, at least. But out of all the Ohio hardcore fans... One Man Stands Out. So this episode is also the story of that man.
5: Steve Yoder is one of those, I guess you can call him a super fan.
6: Steve Yoder is one of the most,
5: if not the most,
6: hardcore Night Demon fan.
5: It's just lover of heavy metal, lover of life, and one of those guys that's just a fucking party.
0: Steve Yoder is an individual, a male individual, who hails from... Hilliard, Ohio, which is just outside of Columbus. And he is very eccentric. He is an Ohio State Buckeye fan through and through, loves college football and the Ohio State Buckeyes. He's got a beautiful home with his wife.
2: So I'm Nikki. I'm Steve's wife. We've been married for, it'll be 30 years, September 28th this year he's had a love for heavy metal since I've known him and that was back in I think it was 86 um and as far as Night Demon goes he's a huge fan probably one of the bands that out of all the years I've known him that he's collected so much memorabilia and he has a whole Half the closets taken up by all his t shirts, the Night Demon t shirts. But I think the biggest thing is because they played um, here at the den, it just made him like it that much more and appreciate the guys in the band and uh, what they represent and the fans that come with the band as well.
0: He's just solid, you know, he really cares about the people that he loves and he goes all out. No matter what And as much of a good guy as he is He's also kind of an asshole sometimes Which makes it even better Never a dull moment When you're hanging out with Steve Yoder He keeps it interesting He keeps you on your toes He'll call you out You know, I guess there's a time and place for everything And most of the time He's the craziest person in the room He's really Kind of found a soft spot In the Night Demon Black Heart
1: so as you can probably tell, Steve Yoder lives and breathes metal, and when you find a fan like this who bleeds for your band, the love goes two ways. Here's Andrew Bonzal. He's writer, concert promoter, Night Demon crew, and merch guy, and sometime on-stage Rocky.
7: What I can say about him is that basically the world of heavy metal and hard rock needs many more Steve Yoders because the way he supports the bands that he likes, that's what uh, all the bands want and all the people who work for the bands want. So much love and respect to Steve Yoder and uh, his family and everybody out there in Ohio. And it comes to me as no surprise that Night Demon is doing this episode focusing on Steve Yoder and Satan's Den because it's totally well-deserved. And knowing the Night Demon guys the way I do, uh, they will never forget somebody like Steve, and they'll always appreciate the support from fans like him. So that's my take on Steve Yoder.
1: Like I said, Yoder's love for metal, and especially Night Demon, it has no limits. So here's Chris Hunter.
6: Steve is a great dude. Steve is the guy that, you know, if he, he, he considers you a friend, and if you wanted a shirt at the show and you didn't have a shirt, he'd, here, go get you a shirt. You know, and he does it just because he, he cares. Steve's a great dude, and I'm glad to
3: call him a friend.
1: So Steve, like Armand said, is a super Night Demon fan. And a lot of people claim to be huge fans, but this guy is the hugest. Uh, in the subscriber section, there's galleries of pictures of Steve's Night Demon collection, uh, his memorabilia and merch. He's the ultimate collector. Here's John Schuler.
8: Steve is very passionate about what he does. Steve has the largest collection of bobbleheads that I've ever seen, and that's focused on Ohio State football players. Steve has a collection of BMX bikes. Steve has a collection of cars. Steve has a collection of empty Jack Daniels bottles, and it's impressive when you see the wall. Uh, It's just, it's phenomenal. And, and, And you can tell by the empty Jack Daniels bottles that Steve,
0: he enjoys people being around. He loves to collect rare items. He's constantly on the lookout for anything that could potentially raise value, something that is always going to increase in value and never depreciate, which I think anybody who collects, that's their main goal but he's really into that. He's a classic car collector of Chevy Lagunas, which are like a 70s um, sports car, or not a sports car, like a muscle car from the 70s. Um, He collects these little Harley bicycles that are like $1,000 a piece, and he's got like, I don't know, probably 14 of them or something ridiculous. He's the biggest collector of all things Night Demon as well. Once he became a fan of our band, he his main goal was to get every piece of merchandise that our band has ever had and anything that we have stockpiled. He or you know archived. He wants his hands on it. He wants to be the guy in the world that says he's got every piece of Night Demon uh, history.
6: Steve is a total collector. He's got collections of of a lot of cool stuff. But in Satan's Den, displayed in there, besides his collection of empty Jack Daniels bottles, the only other collection you'll see in there is his Night Demon collection. And it is amazing. He has virtually every record on every pressing, any patch we've ever made, every t-shirt we've ever produced
0: he'll even go online and find bootleg stuff that we've never even seen and he'll buy it before we find out about it because he knows that jarvis is going to go in there and put the kibosh on that
5: he actually went as far as like buying some bootleg shirt from china or some shit that had like all the album covers printed on it it was like a you know one of those um all over print shirts (laughs) it's it's pretty bad and we were kind of like, come on, man, why are you buying that shit? Like, that's not supporting us, you know, it's it's bootlegging. But, hey, got to love his enthusiasm. And uh, you can't stop him from doing that, so.
6: I always see stuff, you know, he's out there buying all the bootlegs, which, by the way, please do not follow that trend, fans and friends. That does not help us. <laughs> do not support the bootleg market. But I do appreciate how much he loves the band. And I definitely appreciate... You know, I mean, he's not trying to rip us off. He's the first guy to give us the shirt off his back. I mean, he's made his home literally our home. So there's no criticism there. But every now and again, there's something that that pops up that he hits me up about, you know. It's just like, hey, man, where's this patch? Do you have this patch? Do you have this shirt? Do you have this sticker, this pin, this record? I'm missing it from my collection. and I'm And I'm always happy to, even if I don't have it, to source that out and find a way for him to... To get that stuff
5: as far as his collection goes. Yeah, he's basically got every single thing that he could get his hands on. Uh, you know, we call it it's a thing he says he calls it a rare item. It's a rare item, you know. And him and him and uh, Jim Nostradamus are always kind of competing, trying to one up each other on like who has the most rare shit.
0: I don't know if anybody's really ever seen any videos or pictures of of Satan's den. I know, I'm sure with the subscribers, you'll be able to kind of see some content of what his place looks like. He's got all kinds of stuff and everything's all framed and set up proper and he's got a whole wall. It's like a night demon shrine. So it's really, really over the top and... You know, he's got all of our shirts. He's He doesn't just buy one of these things either because of his family. He buys like four of everything. And he's kind of created a little bit of a competition with the other Ohio faithful where, you know, he's like, I got to get this and I got this and I got to get all this so that everybody else wants to keep up with him because they don't want to be outdone. So it's really like a friendly competition as to who can get all of the Night Demon stuff you know and originally with Night Demon we wanted to have collectors items and you know Steve's all about rare items so we create rare rare items and we create collector collectible uh, editions of stuff so that people have these um unique editions and stuff like that so yeah Steve I think he has pretty much everything we've ever put out merchandise wise uh, music wise,
6: but really he's kind of like the curator of the archives in a way I mean his his place has turned into a night demon museum, and as the band grows and as as his collection goes i 'm sure you know they have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio, but the Night Demon Hall of Fame is located in Hilliard,
9: Ohio.
1: So here's the man himself, the owner, the gatekeeper of Satan's Den, Steve Yoder.
9: I'm Steve Yoder from Hilliard, Ohio. I'm the owner of Satan's Den. Well, I'm gonna say uh, I probably own everything that's been made from Night Demon. All their vinyls, the ultra rare item 7-inch EP. I got one of those. Did have two. Gave one to Noster Demon. I got all the current 7-inch EPs. I got all the Patches, originals, and bootlegs. A couple pieces of original artwork. Uh, let's see, picks, necklace, dr- Dusty Signature drumsticks, koozies. And then I got a rare item that Dirk sent me from Germany at the Keep It True Festival. It was a scarf they made. So he was nice enough to hit me up on that because he knew how much of a fan I was. And he uh, sent me a couple of those. Yeah, but I got a lot of rare items.
1: (laughs) So we've been talking about it for a while now, but what exactly is Satan's Den? Uh, Satan's Den is a 70 by 40 foot structure in a field in Hilliard, Ohio, dedicated to Night Demon, rocking out, kicking ass. It's 2,800 square feet of fucking pure metal. So I know we have quite a few European listeners. That's 260 square meters. (laughs) Anyway, in the off-season, when it's not hosting kick-ass metal shows, it houses Steve Yoder's car collection. But to call it a garage would be a major, major understatement.
4: I'm Kit Ekman, and I'm a longtime friend and fan of the band. I've had occasion to travel with Night Demon many times and have been fortunate to play the role of Rocky in various settings around the world. So you go, oh, Night Demon played in a fan's garage, big deal. No, 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 no. You've got it all wrong. This isn't just some dude's garage. This was like the ultimate man cave on steroids. Uh, Rock and roll pinball machines, Iron Maiden, Metallica, whatever. Arcade machines. Freaking walls with every piece of Night Demon memorabilia that ever existed. Uh, Jack Daniels bottles everywhere. There's this huge Satan figure suspended from the rafters, which is entirely appropriate as the title character in the Satan's Den lore and in the middle of the garage was this big space where a full size stage and PA were being set up.
0: The den is kind of like the ultimate man cave it's like a bar because it has all these neon signs uh, uh, like the, the alcohol neon signs, he's got endless amounts of alcohol and Jack Daniels and bottles that he's Drank over the years or weeks, and it's it's insane. Uh, he's got the Metallica pinball machine. He's got uh, like go karts and uh, like a like a Ranger Mule quad thing. Uh, when I was there in August, I went on a trip with my girlfriend at the time, and we stopped there for a couple days and had a blast. And he bought these like little drifter carts that had these slick tires on them. And when you hit the pedal, they just slide around and you can do like crazy drifting. He's it, just got toys. You know, he's a, he's a collector of all things, big big boy toys. Uh, and now the den is a lot bigger than when it started as the original. And the ceiling's like 25 feet high or something crazy. He's got a pool table in there. He's got cornhole boards. He's got a crazy stereo system in there. And as everybody gets more drunk, it just gets louder. Uh, he's got a big screen TV in there. And usually he'll put on the Vakin Exodus show and just go ape shit when he's hammer time. So... You got to love it. But yeah, I guess I could describe the den as like the ultimate man cave with all the toys. And when you're in there, it's kind of like you're in a time warp because it just flies by. You're just in there having a blast and enjoying the shit out of yourself. And he definitely has no problem having a good time.
6: It's twice as high in the ceiling, maybe two, two to three times as high as you'd think a normal garage is. And it could probably fit I don't know, 15 cars in it? I don't know. I mean, he ex- he expanded the place too. The one thing is like the second time we came back, the stage was bigger. Like now he had like wings on the side that we could go out on, which were really cool. And then the third time around here in 2018, he had to put the stage on the other side of the garage and he had done some construction in there that year and actually extended it to make it even bigger. So even calling this thing a garage is really strange to me. It's just a
4: very large... Structure. No, this is not a garage gig. This would have been one of the nicest club gigs on any U.S. tour I've ever been on. Probably any of us have ever been on.
5: Um, basically, it's uh, Steve's got a big house in Hilliard, Ohio, kind of out in the cornfields, and he's got this big ass garage and uh, where he keeps his cars. He collects these uh, uh Lagunas. I don't know what if they're Chevys or what. I think they're Chevys. Don't bite my head off if I'm wrong about that, Yoder. Anyway, so when he does these shows, he brings in a sound company and turns the car lifts that he has in there to work on his cars into a stage.
0: And he has a car lift for his Lagunas, and that's what he created like the drum riser out of. So he took his cars out and covered up his, his car rack or his car lift and made it so that the drums had a platform or a riser which I thought was pretty cool you know right off the bat he was set up for something that wasn't just an ordinary rinky dink little picnic you know
5: so it's basically like the most badass house party you could ever play you know there's really no rules uh everybody comes out and um you know Drinking, smoking, doing whatever you want, really. There's no rules, you know? So it's just a big party. And we usually end up staying there for a day or two. And, you know, he's got a pool and everything, stay in his house. And it's just one of those great, great places.
7: The Satan's Den setup was in many ways like a lot better than a venue, an actual club venue that does shows every night. The stage was proper, it was legitimate. This, the PA was it was perfectly in line with the size of the room and the size of the stage. The the wiring and all the power supplies and everything was proper. The lights on stage were better than a lot of the club venues or and bar venues, which have almost non-existent stage lighting. Then there was plenty of space for the merch area. There was plenty of other amenities for people to enjoy, aside from just watching the band, like I mentioned earlier with the pinball machines and like the drink stands and all that other stuff. And there was proper ambience set up with like proper house music being played. So it was a totally pro-level setup for a DIY um, organization and just something that a bunch of fans, a bunch of diehard fans had set up.
1: So Satan's Den is like the ultimate... Live venue created by diehard fans for diehard fans of Night Demon and Metal. Here's Bob Rowe.
3: The vibe at Satan's Den is you don't show up to Satan's Den unless you're pure metal. I mean, you don't show up there to watch the show and just sit in the grass and get drunk or whatever. You know, everybody shows up there's got stories. Everybody, you know, it's a the vibe is it's like a it's like a Vakan on a minor minor scale but it's still very cool everybody comes everybody sings around and everybody's got a story to tell everybody's just there for that kind of music and uh i don't know the vibe is i mean it's been three years since well to over two and a half years since night demon played there and here we're still i can still talk about it and get excited about when they played there last.
1: So Satan's Den was created for Night Demon, but a good few bands have played there over the years. Here's Steve Yoder.
9: The bands that have played at Satan's Den has been Night Demon, Resistance from California, Visigoth, Raven, Bloodstar, Aletheia, and a few local bands that played in here. And every year that we were doing it, the shows got bigger. More people came out. We became friends with a lot of them over the years. Now we just call it kind of like a family reunion every year.
1: It's become a legendary venue in Ohio for Night Demon fans with people from all over the area descending on it for shows. So like Steve says, it really is like a family. Here's Nikki Yoder.
2: So I guess my thoughts on The Den is that It's more of an ideology than a place, because I feel like even if we sold our house and moved, we'd still have a quote-unquote Satan's Den. Um, With COVID, it's changed a lot, but I was really scared at first when we had our first concert. I was petrified, actually, but once we got things going and the people that came there were really nice and respectful, it did definitely um, ease my anxiety about it all.
1: So, Night Demon has played the den three times so far. The first was in June of 2015. So, the band lineup at the time was Jarvis, Leatherby, Brent Woodward, and Dusty Squires. Also with them was Andrew Bonsall, who was doing dual duty as crew and manning the merch table. And this was a show that started it all and spawned Satan's Den. And it also spawned a scene... Uh, Ohio has a huge, loyal, diehard Night Demon fan base, and a
0: lot of that is due to this show. But this one kind of was interesting because from playing the shows early on, it brought the Cleveland side in with the Columbus side, and those fans were able to meet each other and became friends that day, which made the whole... State kind of come together in a sense, you know, Columbus and Cleveland coming together, and that is really like the the fan base of who really supports our band, so it's cool to really think back on it now and see how it's really grown, especially because we've already done the episodes on live darkness, and live darkness wouldn't have been that without us going to Ohio and giving it a shot and going out on a limb and playing Satan's Den. Really cool. Really cool to think about that.
1: So June 2015, this first show, it brought the Ohio Night Demon fan base together, in part by the show being promoted by Bill Peters. So you might remember Bill Peters from the Live Darkness episodes. He was a huge early supporter of Night Demon in the Cleveland area.
9: Well, the first show... That Satan's Den was 2015 when Night Demon decided to come on in and do a private show when they were on tour in this area. And I think Bill Peters promoted the show on his Metal on Metal show, which got people excited from Cleveland to come down.
4: My name is Bill Peters, and I host a weekly Friday night heavy metal radio show on WJCU 88.7 FM. It's called Metal on Metal. And I've been hosting this show since 1982. You know, it started with this radio show here, you know, starting with that EP. And uh, I put it right on the radio, started playing it in heavy rotation on the Friday night show. Got great listener response. It really caught on. And building it to this popularity here with the Cleveland listeners. There was just a connection there. And uh, Cleveland Metal fans are very knowledgeable. And they know good music.
1: So Bill Peters promotes the Satan's Den show on his radio show. And Cleveland Night Demon fans make the trip to Hilliard, Ohio.
9: So that's how I met all the Cleveland people. or started, started to meet them that first time. But the show went as planned and everything went off with a great response. So
6: June 3rd, 2015, that was the first show that we did there. And it was a show in the middle of the week, so we weren't sure how it was going to go. Um, But I remember showing up and, uh, I mean, his place is just pretty much in the
7: middle of nowhere. Satan's Den is located in Hilliard, Ohio, which is quite a few miles outside of the city of Columbus, Ohio. So we're driving and we're going through these open fields in the middle of nowhere, kind of nervously excited about what to expect from this Satan's Den show.
0: We were all kind of wondering, like, what's this guy's house going to look like or what's it going to be like? And being that I'm from the rural area of Pennsylvania and my background of work before I started playing drums and pro bands, I used to do land surveying and and civil engineering for my stepdad's company. And when I see the areas that we started to get into like I was driving and we're getting close to Steve's house and I start to see these big lots and these big houses and we just kept going deeper and deeper into these fields and in Pennsylvania a lot of people buy up these fields and put these big you know houses on these big pieces of property so I told the guys as we were approaching Brent and Jarvis and Andrew I said this is going to be Probably a really cool house, and this is going to be an experience, to say the least. I think it's going to be really cool because, you know, we were putting our bets on, you know, how it was going to turn out.
7: Uh, It was still uh, up in the air in terms of what it would be like, and we were soon to find out. So we pull in to the address that was given to us. Just the surroundings and the logistics were perfect because there was absolutely nothing for miles surrounding this um, this house. So there was no issue of any noise complaints or any, there was no problem with parking and uh, people could roll up and there was plenty of space for everybody to park. And from inside the van, I can already see that there's a bunch of people that have crowded around the entrance to this building, which was uh, named Satan's Den they were all wearing night demon shirts which i had sold them on the previous columbus show and that was quite a sight to see that's something that you only see with bands that are like hugely popular on a mainstream level where uh, let's say if, like there's a huge band i mean it could be anybody uh, but let's say that they've done their sound check they're backstage and then they're like oh let's go out front and see what the crowd is looking like, or how long the line is. And then you do that as a band on that level. And then you see that there's people lined up who are wearing all wearing your t-shirts. But for a band of the level of my demon back in 2015, that was definitely not, a, not an everyday occurrence that we would see that when we pull into the venue. So right off the bat, I was kind of taken aback by that sight, And I knew that it was going to be Quite an experience and quite a positive one at that. So, that was kind of my first reaction of just the outside uh, of the building and not even going in.
0: You know, it was just so cool because people were so excited to see us roll in. I pulled up and started setting up my drums. So, as I'm setting up my drums outside, you know, people are kind of, cr- you know, crowded around me and checking out my stuff, looking at my gear, asking questions being really curious
6: I mean it's a perfect place to have a show we pulled up and uh his garage had like this little uh vinyl banner on it that said Satan's Den and had the logo so he had it all set up uh I think there there were people there already drinking uh there were some fans there that it was great we showed up early and they helped us load in our gear and it was pretty cool I mean he had a he had a large garage outside so not like not like your normal garage there was a garage attached to the house but this is like an extra garage i you know he collects cars and stuff like this so he had cleared the cars out and had set up this stage and had built it out it was probably like half foot off the ground but it had like these wings on it and then he had uh like a car lift that he built up for the drum riser so that was pretty cool so, we got in there and put up our backdrop and set up our scrims and our lighting and the fog machine, of course, <laughs> and all our amps. And he had a sound guy come in and bring a pretty pro- professional PA. And we did sound check. I mean, we're a very loud band, so it was reverberating a lot in there. And we're like, man, I don't know how this is going to go. Um, but, you know, later in the night,
7: once people got in there, it was great. Once the venue opened, that was a whole another level of. Pleasant surprise because they had rented out a proper stage, a PA, and there were there was a pool table which was basically like the makeshift merch table for me, and there were all kinds of other cool things. For there were pinball machines, I think, and there were uh, there was like a DIY setup for drinks and soft drinks and all that. Basically, everything that you need at a venue was there. So upon surveying all of this, I. I was very sure that this was going to be an amazing night and one to remember forever. It was quite an atmosphere.
6: But it was really good. I mean, like I said, it was really a big lead-up. I mean, this was our triumphant return to Ohio. We had we had done that show uh, in Akron on the Raven Tour at the Empire Club where we had played in front of a bunch of Night Demon fans that we never knew we had. They finally got to see us. Then we came back um for that that winter that wintry blizzard night um on the metal on metal night out. It was a Thursday night in uh early January that year on the Skullfist tour where we had a day off and we, we headlined the Maple Grove and um that was really the first night demon headlining show in Cleveland and then we were scheduled to come back here in June to headline this epic show at the agora ballroom host that radio show and then but prior to
1: that satan's den hey guys nesbitt here if you'd like to support night demon and this podcast the best way to do it is to become a night demon subscriber not only will you be doing your part to support a true heavy metal band out there really living it you'll also gain access to a ton of extras bonus audio content a subscriber-only merch store with rare items from the band's archives, you can stream never-before-heard demos and unearth live concerts from the live vaults, communicate with other Night Demon diehards on an exclusive subscriber forum, and gain early access to all press releases, album pre-orders, new merchandise, and a ton more. And another thing that I think is pretty cool is Night Demon will be donating 10% of every subscription fee to the Metal Cares Foundation which is a charitable fund the band started in 2014 to aid those in our metal community. So head over to nightdemon.net slash subscriber and join us as we make heavy metal history together as one. And on a side note, I'll personally think you're a grade A badass. (laughs) So to kick off the first Satan's Den show, The opening band, Ohio's Obsidian Eyes. With the crowd warmed up, Night Demon hits the stage with an extra special set list. Here's Andrew Banzal and
7: Bob Rowe. Once the show started, things only got better because the place was packed with at least around 100 people there. All Night Demon fans, all wearing Night Demon merch. An entire crowd of people were singing every word to every Night Demon song.
3: Those guys fired up in the evening, blew everybody away. It was the first time they played I think they had 18 songs out at the time. They played all 18 of them live. And it was the first time they ever played their whole catalog live. It was for us.
7: Back in 2015 and even in 2016, Night Demon had not really been around for all that long as a touring band. So for me as the one-man crew, to, to see that and to experience it firsthand was quite something special. And even more so from the band's perspective, because being on stage... When you hear that type of thing and when you see a crowd respond to you like that, it just gives you another thrill. It just kind of elevates your performance to another level. Night Demon was already at a high level at those Satan's Den shows performance-wise, but the crowd elevated them even further, which made those shows all the more special.
6: Uh, We wanted to to put on a special show for this and play a special set. And again, I think it was kind of a warm-up for the bigger Cleveland show that we were doing. So... The set list was was pretty awesome that night. And I do remember we really pull out all the stops. I mean, we're talking mid-2015. So the band had just been touring for a year at that point. And uh, Curse of the Dam had just come out. So really, we didn't have too much of a catalog. But for a headlining show, we played every song in the Night Demon catalog that night. We played all four songs off the EP. We played the entire record, Curse of the Damned. And we even did the cover songs that we had at the time. We did um, Road Racing. (laughs) do
9: the
4: Road Racing!
6: um acts crazy <laughs> to the nations. That was all the covers that we had worked out at the time i know green hell and we will rock you we used to play when john Crear was in the band but when dusty joined the band we we hadn't started playing those we hadn't brought those ones back into the set yet so yeah that was that was every song in the current night demon catalog and we just played them all that night of course not in order but it was pretty awesome and it was it felt really good for us to be able to do that and because again we're at a kind of house party vibe even though it's super professional as far as the setup goes i mean there's no there's no real pressure for us to you know have a stop time or you know the club shuts down or it's like last call for alcohol anything like that so we wanted to make sure that we extended the night and and you know gave the people their money's worth and also you know the people that had come so far out there and also just just made it a a really kind of relaxed vibe because it was a house party vibe but at the same time keep the the high level of professionalism that Night Demon was really trying to portray at that time I mean like I said when we you know we were bringing our own lighting and it was our first headlining tour and we had Andrew Bonsall running the lights I mean the show in those days really just just ran like clockwork it was really really exciting to be on stage and know that those lighting cues were hit all the time. It was a really, really good
1: thing that we started doing that. So Night Demon breaks out every song in the Night Demon catalog to date. Check out this first set list. They open with Screams in the Night, Full Speed Ahead, Heavy Metal Heat, Lightning to the Nations, The Howling Man, Curse of the Damned, Living Dangerous, Killer, Run for Your Life, Mastermind, Ritual, Road Racing, ancient evil satan the chalice save me now acts crazy and closing with night demon
7: The merch table was constantly busy from the beginning till the end, and even much after the show, where uh, the band cooled off after their set, and then they were signing uh, merch for everybody that was there, and uh, it just kept going. And even after everything was wrapped up, and I finally packed the merch, when finally there was, it was clear that okay, everybody had absolutely purchased uh, whatever they wanted, so there was nobody left.
0: Anytime we're at the den, you know, we're signing autographs and talking to people and you're having real genuine conversations and they ask great questions and they really want to know everything they can and they really want to be a part of the experience. And anytime we're at the den, we just slay it in merchandise. I think I remember on on the 2015 tour, we we're kind of struggling on that run and we came through Satan's den and like the first half of the tour, we made X amount of money with merchandise and show pay when we came through the den with merchandise and with Steve taking care of us, we ended up making as much in that one show as what we did on the whole first half of the tour. It really saved our ass going there and playing a show for the first time because we wouldn't have been able to keep touring, really. I don't think. I, obviously, we would have found a way to make it work, but it, he really, you know, opened the doors for us and and got people there, made it in a made it an event, and people came out and they supported.
7: Even then, it was uh, like party was on because. There was a. I clearly remember that there was, there was a tape deck um, inside that inside that room where there were uh, the host, uh, Steve Yoder, was just like blasting all sorts of awesome heavy metal cassettes. So we just kept the party going for pretty much forever, like for the whole night. And this was obviously after the majority of the audience had already left. So it was just us and the hosts and some of their very close friends.
9: So that's the start of the Satan's Den was that night. All thanks to Night Demon. We got it going.
1: So that's the first show, the show that started Satan's Den, on June 3rd, 2015. So a few days later, on the 5th, Night Demon travels up to Cleveland and co-hosts Bill Peter's Metal on Metal show, playing some of their favorite songs and promoting the next day's show, which is a massive gig headlining a packed Agora ballroom on June 6th. But that's a story for another episode. So, be sure to check out the subscriber area on nightdemon.net. We have full audio and video of the 2015 Satan's Den show. We got loads of pictures of Satan's Den, a gallery of Steve Yoder's Night Demon collection, including his many rare items. Uh, it's worth checking out, it's pretty cool. So, tune in next week for more on Satan's Den, including the shows in 2016 and 2018. Until next time, this is Nedbit, signing off.
0: Thanks for listening to the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. Head over to nightdemon.net, click on the subscriber tab, and sign up to access exclusive weekly bonus content. If you would like to donate to support the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast, you can do so through PayPal at paypal.me slash Metal. Additionally, if you have not already done so, please subscribe, like, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. All hail Night Demon Heavy
8: Metal Podcast listeners. This is Dusty Squires chiming in to tell you about my brand new signature sticks from the London Drumstick Company. I've dreamt of having my very own drumsticks ever since i was a wee lad and ldc made that a possibility for me founded in 2016 in london england the birthplace of heavy metal the london drumstick company has trailblazed a path through the music industry and taken the drummer world by storm When I met them for the first time, they knew their product was going to withstand the beatings of a Night Demon show. They took the time to work with me on getting everything just right. The balance and weight of my sticks are the same no matter what, and the durability is, bar none, the best I've ever had. I know my sticks will last through the set night after night. I'm truly honored to work with a company that caters to their players the way LDC does. Their innovation and attention to detail is what separates them from the rest of the stick makers out there. Their custom stick sleeves are unbelievable and really make the entire presentation complete. Wait until you see the design they came up with for me. It blew my mind and was a surprise to say the least. They have all kinds of amazing swag, including hoodies, t-shirts, drummer shorts, drum keys, stick bags, towels, face masks, practice pads, and much, much more. Even if you're not a drummer, you can be a part of Demon History and order my brand new signature sticks direct from their website. How cool is that? And to top it off, the London Drumstick Company are giving an exclusive offer to the Night Demon Heavy Metal podcast listeners. Go to londondrumsticks.co.uk and receive a 15%, 15% store-wide discount using promo code DEMONSTICKS. All capital letters, no spaces, DEMONSTICKS. D-E-M-O-N-S-T-I-C-K-S. I can't thank everyone there enough for the opportunity to be a part of their family and for them trusting me with their amazing products. See you metal maniacs on the road very soon. And yes, the wood chips will be flying. Spoils
4: and goobles. This is your comrade, the Crypt Keeper here, reporting
8: dead from the sanctuary of the strange. Tonight's macabre myth is a fright-filled feature, one overflowing with monsters, madness, and
9: magic.
4: Visit our website at monstersmadnessandmagic.com to stay up to date on all the dark dealings within the sanctuary of the strange. Enjoy the show.
9: Hey metalheads, I'm Mark and I host Metal Forge. Let me tell you about the show. The Metal Forge features the best underground metal from all over the world. We spend every week with a different artist, with interviews, in-depth conversations, and most of all, the music. We also feature audience interactivity where you can submit your questions to the upcoming guests. New episodes are out every Friday at noon Eastern Time at MetalForgeRadio.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
8: Want to know what's going on in the world of music? Then tune in to the Nothing
5: Shocking Podcast, a non-genre-based, all-ages-friendly rock and roll program. Join us weekly for interviews with all your favorite rock stars from the mainstream to the underground. You can find us at nothingshocking.libsen.com or anywhere you download podcasts. Okay, Metalheads, you've been complaining that there has not been a channel that plays all of the heavy metal
4: videos from past, present, and future for years and years at this point. Well, that time is over. Heavy Metal Television is back.
5: HeavyMetalTelevision.net is the website. Go there, you can see videos playing. 24-7, 365, all the time. All the best from the old school, the new school, and everything in between. Check it out, heavymetaltelevision.net. It is where the metal is.